Between the Covers, a series designed around who and what can be done and achieved by patients, planning and working in a community of like-minded, successful people. This podcast series is for anyone looking at becoming a successful published author and those looking to understand the mind of a writer and the goals of a publisher. Proudly sponsored by Shoreline Publishing. Welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, which is the Shoreline Publishing podcast. And in this episode, we've got Deb Goldie, who's got her book, Test of Wills, coming out very soon. Deb, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Will, how are you going? I'm not too bad today. It's, um, it's a beautiful day where I am. I hope it is where you are too. Oh, I think I want to come where you are. We've got rain and drizzle. I need oh, to come back to where you are. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's cosy here. Oh, that's good. Uh, well, a nice cosy day. It'd be a nice cosy day to curl up with a good book. And Test of Wills, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, Test of Wills is um, a fictional story um, about um, a little boy. His name is Will. And he is 11 years old. And he remembers being tucked up in bed with his mum and told that he's got a virus. Um, and next thing he realises that he wakes up and he's actually been transported back in time to um, 1942. And he realises that he's actually marching with a, a group of boys um, his age into a youth camp. He has no idea why, but he understands it's German because he's looking down and he can see his uniform, which is very un... Um, he had no idea how he got this uniform, but he knows from um, his dad, from his pop, sorry, his pop was actually uh, a child of World War II. His pop was born in 1929. And in 1939, when the war started, he um, was taken, or oh, he went to his first youth camp. And wow. so this is, this is his second youth camp, that, um, uh, Will's pop's second youth camp. And Will understands that because um, he's surrounded by the um, German army and um, he gets to the youth camp where they are and everything when he sees it, everything is the way his pop has described it when he's been talking about his stories of his youth camp. So Will has no idea why he's trans being transported back in time, but he realises that it's got something to do with his pop. That's so that's marvelous. how it starts. And, and so when you, when you sat down to write a book, did you think time travel was the instant thing that you were going to have a go at or, or fantasy fiction or historical fiction? No, what happened to start with was um, we, I had a caravan in Mawala um, I shared with my sister and mum and dad had one too. And it was 2012, it was one of those cold wintry nights and I walked down with my daughter into mum and dad's caravan carrying a bottle of red because dad loves a bottle of red. <laughs> Beautiful. And for the first time ever, he proceeded to tell us a story of his life growing up in Germany, and it was the Depression when he was born, um, and then in 1939, how the Second World War broke out and Germany was um, being led by Hitler, and he started telling us the story of his adventures and um, what happened, his life experiences in these youth camps, as well as when he was in Hamburg, he was down in the, the cellar um, with his family when it was bombed. Wow. Um, and so he told us all these stories. And when we left there, it was the first time I'd ever heard them. When I left there, my daughter turned around to me and she said, Mum, she said, why do I need to learn history at school when I can listen to pop? 
Yep. And then that was my quest then. So I um, I started to find out more about Dad and what had happened to him in Germany. And for me, um, these things that happened in, in time, years ago in time, these important events and things that happened to people and have actually moulded the world the way we are, we need to teach children events in time and history and what better way to do it than in a creative fiction when you've got some realistic characters that hopefully the readers will have an emotional bond with. And All right. so the, the story is taught to them or history is taught to them through stories. I reckon it's marvellous. I really think you've captured something here. Uh, I'm a huge believer in oral history and passing stories down from generation to generation. And I think mm. with this book, you've really captured that. How important is oral history to learn from our um, fathers, grandfathers, grandmothers, mums, you know, all these people have been through so much? Oh, it is everything, Will, everything. I mean, how many times, and I don't mean to sound awful, but how many times do you go to a funeral and they do a eulogy and you go, Gosh, I wish I had known about him. I didn't know that about him. Yep. And when when I um and when Dad started telling me the story from the time he was born, it was the Great Depression, um, and he was only um three three years old when he was actually put on a, a tugboat because his um his dad, my Upa, had lost his job and he was actually working for the black market. He was. Employment was really scarce at that time. Wow. And so he said, three years old, he's on a tugboat with his auntie and his uncle. And he lived there for two years going up and down the Elba River, bringing all the fresh produce down to Hamburg to be shipped out. And I just thought, and then with what, you know, what happened to him during World War Two, and he's got told us some amazing stories. My children and my, and my great children, grandchildren and my great grandchildren, they need to know all about this. They mm. need to know about where they've come from. And so um, that started my quest. And so I was armed with a tape recorder. And a few bottles of red wine, maybe many over the time, and a map of Germany, and Dad proceeded to tell me everything. And I even got to go back to Germany with my dad and my sister to to relive where all these events happened. And it was amazing. It's something that I will never forget. You're listening to the Between the Covers podcast with Deb Golding, and she's telling some amazing stories about old history and, and her father's uh, time in the Hitler Youth. How how difficult was it to research the Hitler Youth? Like, I imagine it'd be a pretty close shop about now, wouldn't it? Um, well, I was lucky enough at the time. Yeah, it is. Like, there's um, you really have to research um, into um, do some non-fiction research. But there's a lot of fictional stories, like mine, but are for adults, and a lot yeah. of movies, and a lot. And when you and you know that people always embellish what goes on yep. but the stories are there and the events are there and it never ever goes away like even today we're talking about in melbourne um maybe making it a criminal offense to put up the um, swat sticker in in cafes and restaurants yep. so it hasn't gone away as time goes on it has not gone away and i was lucky enough to go over to germany although i've got to say um, when you talk to people about, like ger my German relatives, about what happened in, in Germany, um, you can only ask them so much because they still today carry that guilt and yep. they still carry a lot of weight on their shoulders because a lot of these people, they 
it, they had nothing to do with it. They just had to agree with the Hitler um, ideology, the Nazi ideology, because they were otherwise their lives would have been at risk. So yep. um, you have to be. When I went over there and I followed Dad's um, path, you had to be very tactful about everything that you were finding out, especially in Berlin, um, yep. where you've got um, the, the terror war and what went on with the Gestapo. You have to be so careful. Um, but I do have cousins who um, have told me a lot of history. Um, and when I went over to, to Berlin and even around Germany, my iPad is just full of photos and you've got all this information so you just take photos and all of that was research as well yep. so I was able to get the the taste the smell the feeling you know and see these places so I was really lucky to be able to do that and hopefully I've been able to transport all of that into the novel so people reading it can actually get a feel for that time. Now you mentioned there's lots of books around um around the war and not in, in in Europe and that sort of stuff uh, for adults generally, do you find that um, your book is sort of aimed at the 10 to 13-year-old bracket? Is it really heavy content for them or is it are the characters engaging enough to drag them in? Oh, well, because I, um, I went, my, my past history with my um, employment is I've worked at a primary school for 20 years oh, and it's, they're called education support staff, which in the old terms is integration aid. So I did a lot of literacy support yep. for, um, for children and um, I found it quite um, challenging to find books that were engaging and the gender that I, I started writing for, which I've changed things, was boys. And it needs to be fast moving. It needs to be full of adventure. It needs to be quick. The chapters need to be short. What I made was a hook at the end of every chapter to entice yep. them to um, read on to the next chapter. And yep, so, done well. And and I made a lots of dialogue, a lots of dialogue, and lots of action because that way, when they're reading the book, they actually get to make their own pictures in their own head as well. So that was the reason. That was the reason why I chose um, uh, that age. Um, but since um, looking back on it now, some of it um, is probably a bit heavy because uh, I do touch on on what happened to. Um, the, the the Jewish population in Germany, yep. or not only the Jewish, they were the, there were the gypsies, and yep. there was anybody that didn't agree with the Nazi ideology at the time. And we all know they were persecuted, they were gassed. Yes. Yep. Um, and as adults, um, we know that. And so I've tried to, that was, my story does touch on that because in the book, we'll actually find a Jewish family, a young Jewish family, and they're hiding in a tunnel. And they're being fed by another German family, the Vosses, who bring them food when they can. Yep. And there are lots of other Je uh, Jewish families that are being hidden by Germans around that area. And that's actually what happened in real life. Yeah, yeah. They, they did hide them. And there were American planes that actually did come in and try and help them escape. And so I have touched on the plight of um, the the that the, the Jewish population um, and some of it it does get um, it, it does get a bit heavy in a couple of parts um, but I've, I've gone through it and I've tried and it's real life 
It's really yeah. what happened. And when I was um, talking to um, a, a couple of people about it, they said um, in this day and age, children, um, because they play all these games on the computer, they play on, on everything. So they are, in a way, desensitised to a lot compared to when I was young. Yeah. So, um, and really, history shouldn't be sugarcoated in a way because you know it's actually made us who we are today. And with you see what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, and it actually brings it back up again. Really, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, I've got one more question for you before we let you go. And thanks for your time so far. Can you tell us about Stumped? Oh, that was a fun one. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, the other this one here for um, uh, Tester Wills. Um, that's that was been my passion because that's my dad's life um, yep. um, through um, the youth camps in, in Germany. Um, but Stumped is, it was just a fun book that I've written and it's about two two boys. And for some reason, I always pick boys when I put them as the, my yep. protagonists. And and I look back and they are always mis- mischievous. They yep. are always <laughs> cheeky. And I look back and I think that is my son to a T, really. Yep. Um, but they know right from wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. And these, once again, um, and this was my um, a book that I wrote when I was doing my diploma of um, uh, professional writing and editing at Federation. And it's about, it's based on two little boys who are supposed, in, in grade six, who are supposed to be working on um, the Australian history on gold, the discovery of gold. And, of course, they'd rather get out and kick football, just like yep. Will in, in my book. They'd rather yep. kick football. Anyway, so they discovered the bush rangers and the, the bush rangers, of course, they used to rob the stagecoaches. And so while they're looking at the, the bush rangers, the the, the, um, the um, information on the computer, they're actually sucked back in once again. Once again, that's my, that must be my what I do all the time. They yep. actually suck back in the computer and they find themselves in 19, 1860 in Avoca. Yep. Um, and, um, and they actually realise that they are because they're discovered by bushrangers. And the bushrangers have, what they're doing is they're going to rob a stagecoach from the MacGyver um, gold mine. It's on its way to Bendigo with a stagecoach full of gold. And they use um, these boys as hostages and throw them in front of the um, stagecoach to get them to stop. Oh, wow. um, so it's, um, or once again, it's all about Australian history. Um, while Test of Wheels was really for me, it was using the knowledge that I had about my dad um, during the um, time in Germany, especially one called Turchenreuth. And that was the harsh um, youth camp that he attended with strict Prussian discipline to the point where um, he remembers, you know, the bridge of your shoe had to be cleaned. Your shoes had to be spotless. Wow. Your uniform had to be spotless. Um, the bed, when your bed was made in these youth camps, there was three vertical stripes on the bed. They had to be straight and there would be room inspection every morning. So you needed to be spotless. Um, and, you know, if you did one thing wrong, there was a penalty and not only did you receive the penalty but every other child in your in your room received the the penalty as well so there were harsh consequences because um in that time the german army was grooming people like my dad to be part of hitler's army to um take over the world they were being groomed is uh, so, is dad still with us 
Yes, he's nice. Oh, he's wonderful. He's still, he's still living all these adventures, but now we've, we've um yeah, with me and my other brother and two sisters, and he's got great, um, he's got uh, grandchildren, and he's got great grandchildren. So oh, it's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah, he is. But yeah, so going back is all these things that happened to him in these youth camps, and it was strict. Like he had no mum or dad. You know, they had to look after themselves. He had to at thirteen. He had to darn his own clothes. You know, oh, wow. he um. When he was in this German um, uh, youth camp, every morning and every evening they marched two kilometres to uh, St Peter's. It was a convent um, and that's where they had their breakfast and that's where they had their dinner. Now, two kilometres doesn't seem like far for us, but when it's in the middle of winter and a German winter has mm. blizzards and snowstorms um, and you're traipsing to get your dinner, um and that was where he had a shower once a week they were entitled to have a shower oh, wow. um and that was one of the and i was talking about one of the penalties they would have a um a washroom and it was filled with enamel bowls and one of the jobs one of your um penalties was to get in and clean that washroom and dad said it was actually murder in the middle of winter because all the water in those enamel bowls would be frozen and you have to scrub and scrub and scrub oh my goodness so, wow yeah well, so uh, i've i've done all these all these sorts of things are in the story about what will go through and what will seize um, and he, that's why he knows it's because of his pop that well, he's that, there in Germany. That's wonderful. I'm so I'm so glad that um, Dad's here to see it. I'm so, I'm just it sounds wonderful. Yeah. It sounds fascinating. It sounds just amazing. And and I can't wait for you to be a published author in a couple of weeks' time. And congratulations on your book. And I hope it goes so so well for you. Oh, thank you so much. And I cannot believe that I've actually have a book that is published that is. It's just, that's been my dream all along. So I'm just so excited about the whole process. Well, marvellous, Deb. Thank you so much for your time. No worries. I'll catch you later then, Will. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Between the Covers, produced by Shoreline Publishing.